You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. This week on Yap, we're chatting with Matteo Franchetti. Matteo is the co-founder and CEO of 8sleep, the sleep fitness company that's pioneering sleep nearable technology with products like their smart mattress and smart mattress cover. Matteo is a longtime athlete who has an obsession for recovery and performance. While researching the most efficient ways to optimize recovery, he realized that there was an incredible need for smarter sleep products in the market. And there his idea for 8sleep was born. Mateo's company specializes in sleep technology that helps their users fall asleep and stay asleep for longer. Their flagship product is a mattress cover that can control the temperature of your bed and can even gently vibrate to wake you up. And it even comes with an app that can track your sleep cycle and sleep habits. Their tech is literally the future of sleep. In today's episode, we discuss the impact that sleep deprivation has not only on our health, but also on our economy. It costs businesses billions of dollars and millions of working hours every single year. We'll then dive into the science behind why getting quality sleep is actually way more important than getting a large quantity of sleep. We'll get clarity around the impact of thermal regulation, our sleep environment, and our quality of sleep. And lastly, we'll step into the future and hear what Matteo thinks sleep will look like 20 years from now. If you're curious about the growing sleep tech industry, how to get involved, and how to better your sleep with new advancements, this episode is for you. Hey, Mateo, welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. So excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Yeah, me too. So we've had lots of introductory episodes on sleep. We had Dr. Daniel Gartenberg, we had Dr. Mita Singh, and in those episodes, we really talked about the basics of sleep, how to get better sleep. But in this interview, I really want to talk about the future of sleep, which is such an exciting topic in space. And you are the perfect person to talk about this. You are the CEO of 8sleep. It's a really buzzing sleep technology company in the nearables category. And just really excited to talk to you about all the different aspects of the future of sleep. But before we get started, I did want to talk about your childhood. So it turns out you are from Italy and you were really into sports growing up. You were doing go-kart racing, you were skiing, you're playing tennis, you did a lot of different sports. And so I'd love to understand how your background in sports helped to drive you as an entrepreneur later on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love sports. I was a ski racer for some time. Then I played tennis for quite a while. And then I started racing with cars and go-karts. So that, that, that was uh, pretty fun. 
it was key for what we did and what we still do. Because on one side, I have always been in rest and recovery and performance as an athlete. So that is you know, how this mindset that we have at eight sleep was formed uh, when I was just a teenager. And then if you also look at our branding, you know, the, the way our branding is designed is around this concept of sleep fitness. And we have a lot of athletes as brand ambassadors. And that is still because of you know, this, this passion for sport and energy, activity and performance. Very cool. And so I also learned that you were a lawyer when you first started out. You graduated magna cum laude. You have like a license to practice law in Italy. You passed the board in Italy. So then what was the transition? Why did you decide to go from lawyer to then sleep technology CEO? What was the path there? Yeah, I was a lawyer for two very large law firms, uh, UK law firms, and I was there for around five years. I was doing securities and IPOs. And um, I mean, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, in Italy, it's really hard to become an entrepreneur because it's really hard to raise money. I come from a family of lawyers. And so that was just you know, the, the most obvious path for me. But then at a certain point in Italy, there was this opportunity to start developing solar plants because there was a specific feed-in tariff. So a lot of private equity funds came to Italy and that was the the perfect opportunity to start a business that could be profitable since day one. And I had a lot of expertise in project finance, which was the, the expertise required. And that is how I became an entrepreneur. I did two companies in solar, and then I started Aid Sleep. Aid Sleep was my first company, Real Tech, and the, the company that probably matches my profile the most, again, because of my past as, a, as an athlete. That's super cool. What was the genesis of Eight Sleep? Were you having a sleeping problem yourself? And then that's why you kind of wanted to solve the problem. How did you think of the idea? Yeah, it was the combination of two things. On one side, this concept of rest and performance and recovery. And so I started looking into sleep and I started wondering, why do I have to sleep eight hours? Can I sleep six hours? And so I started reading a bunch of you know, medical uh, and clinical studies and papers and medicine. And I understood that there is no real reason why we sleep eight hours. It's just that our that is what it takes for our body more or less to recover. But our body is inefficient. And so I started wondering why Elon Musk is taking me to Mars with you know, rockets, but uh, there is uh, no technology in a third of my life. And that is when I started exploring sleep. And so now our vision is really about two things. One, we want to compress your sleep. So what if you could sleep only six hours and get more rest than when you were sleeping eight hours? And on the other side, we also want to save your life, which means during that time, doesn't matter if it's six hours or eight hours, what can we do to measure your health and scan your body to detect early signs of illnesses or to let you know how you can improve your health and performance? It's so interesting when you look at sleep, something like the mattress up until lately with, with companies like Eight Sleep hasn't really been innovated on for hundreds of years. It's like we're sleeping on the same thing that people slept on 200 years ago. It's kind of ridiculous. It's almost like this area, I feel, is going to be as important to us and as lucrative as things like nutrition and exercise. And sleep is going to be this whole new category that for a long time was really ignored, ignored by scientists and ignored by technologists as well. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, health is based on three pillars, right? There is nutrition, there is fitness, and there is sleep. But if you zoom in, sleep is really the foundational piece because if you sleep two hours, there is no fitness and there is no nutrition. You will start craving junk food and you will not be able to train. And so sleep is really the first step. 
And that is why we came up with this definition and concept of sleep fitness. And so sleep fitness means that going to bed is not like wasting time, but it actually should be considered in the same way of how you use your time when you go to the gym, right? You're investing your time, you're putting the effort to go and do something good for your body and your health. The same is sleep, right? It's eight hours, which is substantially the equivalent of a, a flight from the East Coast to Europe. So it's a pretty long flight that you do every single night. And that is time that you invest in your health. And so don't sacrifice that because that time will be used by your body to recover, regenerate, and make sure that in the morning you have uh, full power and energy. I love that sleep fitness. That's a new term that we haven't really heard. And we've learned on other podcasts that really famous athletes like LeBron James, he'll sleep 10 to 12 hours when he's in training season because he knows that sleep is so important to ultimate performance. Um, before we get into some of the problems that a lack of sleep cause, I do want to talk about some of the awards that Eight Sleep has won. And I want to understand what makes your company so innovative. So from my understanding in the past few years, you guys have received the Best Invention Award from Time Magazine, the Fitness Award by GQ, and the Sleep Award by Men's Health. That is absolutely incredible. Those are amazing awards to have achieved. So what makes your product so innovative and new in this space? What is it that you guys do exactly? Yeah, we do a couple of things. So on one side, we change your body temperature during the night. There is plenty of medical evidence that by changing your body temperature, we can improve your sleep performance. So you will fall asleep faster. You will get more deep sleep, more REM, less wake-ups and less toss and turns. So your sleep efficiency will be way higher. At the same time, we track everything about your health, meaning there are sensors embedded in our device that can measure your heart rate, your respiration, and your sleep. We sell two products. They have the same technology, different form factor. One is a cover that can be installed onto any mattress. So you can retrofit your current dumb mattress with our technology, or you can buy our whole smart mattress. Um, One starts at 1,500, the other starts at 2,500. Technology is the same, just a matter of do you want to change or not your bed. And so because of these two features, and I think now also so many people are raving about the product publicly, there are more than thousands and thousands of people loving the product. That is how we got the awards. Amazing. And I just got a new Eight Sleep mattress and ProPad cover, and I am psyched because I've had insomnia in the past. So I can't wait to talk about the results on the podcast and let everybody know how it went. So let's talk about the seriousness of sleep loss and all of its effects. So in past podcasts, we've discussed how lack of sleep can cause mood changes. It can cause depression. It can cause Alzheimer's. It can cause heart disease. It literally is the root cause of so many different diseases. But there's also some major economic factors that sleep can impact when it comes to the workplace. So for example... $680 billion a year is lost to sleep deprivation globally, and 10 million working hours are lost in the U.S. due to sleep-related absences. And I can attest to this. When I used to work at Disney Streaming Services, when I would call it sick, most of the time it was because I had insomnia and I was like, I can't go to work today. I had insomnia all night and I would just call out sick, but really it was insomnia, but nobody talks about these sleep problems. It's like almost like you feel embarrassed, so you don't say it was insomnia. You just pretend you have a cold, right? So 
so I can attest to the fact that there's lots of people who are calling out of work because they have insomnia. And to combat these issues, what's exciting is that the sleep technology sector is due to triple by 2026. It's going from 11 billion in 2019 to 32 billion in 2026. Huge opportunity. So I want to dig into that. Before I do, what are your thoughts on the impacts on the economy and the potential for growth here? Yeah, and, and I think it's connected to something you were saying earlier, right? For 2,000 years, nothing changed. I think there was a first small revolution four or five years ago where just the, the, the purchase experience was changed you know, with D2C brands selling directly online. But at the end of the day, nothing was changed in terms of sleep quality. Well, I think the next wave of you know, sleep disruption is what is happening now, where finally technology is really enhancing our sleep performance. And at the end of the day, sleep is the greatest hack to improve your health and to improve your daily performance, right? If you wake up fully refreshed, first, you are a healthier person, right? By definition, because of all the potential negative consequences you just mentioned. But on the other side, you will crave less junk food. So there's plenty of medical evidence that there is a correlation between the type of food that you crave and sleep deprivation. And second, as you have more energy, you will be more inclined to then train and, uh, and, and take care of your body during the day. So it's really a circle where the three things are connected, but everything starts in the morning and the morning is based on the night. It sounds like a keystone habit. This is something that Charles Duhigg talks about that basically says when you form, it's a habit that basically sets off a domino effect for many other healthy habits. So it sounds like getting better sleep could be a keystone habit, which is super interesting. The next thing I want to talk about is the opportunity for jobs and careers in this space. So you are somebody who doesn't as far as my knowledge, you don't have a technology background. You don't have a science background. You don't even have a business background, but you had a passion and you decided to become an entrepreneur in this space. So let's pause there and just talk about how can somebody who doesn't have a background in an area then become an entrepreneur of a very successful company? Because I've seen a lot of people do this. It's more of like a personality thing. So talk to us about how you became an entrepreneur for something that you didn't have a background with and what you did, like the steps that you did to accomplish that? Yeah, it's a great question. There are really two factors. I think the first is personality. I think in particular, for not to be an entrepreneur, you need to have a certain personality. You need to have a bias for action. You need to have the ability to go through a lot of pain, if you will, right? Things will not always work out as, as you plan. And so you need to be resourceful. And uh, the second factor, which is connected to the lack of experience, there's plenty of evidence that many times the lack of experience can become an advantage because when you lack experience, you challenge the status quo and you make questions, right? And an example is when I started questioning, why do we have to sleep eight hours? Maybe if I would have studied sleep all my life, I would have given that for granted. While instead, in my case, coming from a completely different dimension and world, I said, why? Let me look into that and let me challenge that assumption. And so then obviously, once you start you know, challenging an assumption, you need to dig deep. So you need to be curious and you still need to go back to first principle, physics or physiology, whatever. But you look at everything from a different lens. I love that. I think that's a really great point. So talk to us about the different careers that are involved in this space. What are the skills that you think people who want to get into the sleep technology space should have? What are the different opportunities out there for people? 
Look, at the end of the day, you just need to be curious. Even when I look at, at my team, I would say that probably 80% of my team is doing something different from what they studied at college, right? We have I don't know, amazing growth people that didn't study growth and D2C doesn't even exist at college, but they were curious, they were passionate about the topic, and then they figured that out. So my advice is as long as you're passionate about something and you're resourceful, uh, there is plenty of opportunity. In particular, right now, the economy in tech is really good, right? So every company is trying to hire smart people. So you just need to cut through the noise and prove that. I always call it uh, greatness, right? When I talk to people, I always look for greatness. And it doesn't matter if it was whatever, if it was in sport or if it was now in a non-professional environment. Just prove me that you are unique in the world. If you have that uniqueness, I'm sure that you will have it also at the eight sleep. So I want to talk about the science of sleep and get into things like REM sleep and thermoregulation and thermoneutrality and some of these words that probably a lot of my listeners know nothing about. And I want to unpack that for everyone. So let's start with REM sleep. So REM means rapid eye movement. And there are five stages of sleep and you can categorize them in non-rapid eye movement and rapid eye movement from my understanding. You're the expert here. So let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, Could you first help us understand what the difference is between non-rapid eye movement sleep and rapid eye movement sleep? So the difference between NREM and REM. So the REM is the part where oversimplified, right? I always try to use the grandma rule, try to explain the thing to your grandma and, uh, and see if you can be successful. Uh, but the REM is substantially when you dream and uh, is the moment where your brain is reorganizing all the information from the day. And uh, usually that uh, there is, you work on uh, 60 to 90 minute cycles for sleep and there is a prevalence of certain phases or stages based on the part of the night. So usually you tend to have more REM in the second part of the night, right? In the first part of the night, instead, you tend to have um, no REM. Uh, No REM includes what is usually called deep sleep. And this sleep is when your body is more recovering physically. The difference between the two is usually in REM phase, your body doesn't move. So your brain deactivates any body control because you are dreaming. And so otherwise you would move and, you know, like if you were you know, in, live in, in the dream. And so your body is standing still, uh, but your heart rate is still very accelerated because you're living an experience in your own brain and in, in the dream. Well, instead in deep sleep, it's completely different. Your heart rate is really slow and your body is just slowing down to recover physically, regenerate cells and clean up cells and so on. So interesting. So when you're tossing and turning, you're not in REM at all. No, there is no way. In REM, you're standing still, whatever is your position, you're not moving at all, but your heart rate is still accelerated because you are living a virtual experience. And then is there a certain amount of REM sleep that we should be getting every single night? Yeah. Obviously, it varies from person to person, how tired you are, but usually you will say, Minimum 15 to 18% up to 25%. That is the range. Usually the optimal range is 20 to 25%. And would you say that there's benefits to increasing the amount of REM sleep that you get every night? Is the goal to get more REM sleep or does that not really matter? The goal is really to increase your REM and your deep sleep, both of them. They cover a different function. 
One is more focused on regenerating, if you will, uh, your brain. The other one to regenerate your body after you know, a, a day of work, physical work and mental work. Uh, so those are the two most important uh, factors. Everything else to me is just almost a subsidiary or just uh, something that is there because the body is inefficient. And that is you know, a transition for the body in between these two phases. So when you look at light sleep and all the other non-REM phases, different from deep sleep, that to me is just an inefficiency that is part of our bodies. What's up, Yap Bam? Being an entrepreneur and working remotely definitely has its perks. And I know a lot of you listening in are in the same boat as me. But do you really take advantage of being able to work from anywhere? I know I typically don't, but thankfully this past holiday, I finally decided to make use of my work flexibility for the first time ever. My boyfriend and I decided to pack up and leave to the West Coast to spend an entire month working from home in the sun. We got a super cute bungalow in Venice Beach with a fenced backyard. The change in scenery, the fresh air, and the slower pace helped me to inspire some really cool new ideas for my business. And honestly, I'm feeling really refreshed and ready to rock in 2024. And who helped me make these remote work dreams come true? It was Airbnb. And Airbnb has come in clutch for me time and time again. Whether it's finding the perfect Airbnb home for our three-day annual executive team get-together or booking a vacation where my extended family can fit all in one place, Airbnb always makes it a great experience. And you know me, I'm always thinking of my latest business venture and I've been begging my boyfriend to start hosting our place on Airbnb. And finally, we're gonna start. So many of my successful friends host on Airbnb and it's such an amazing way to generate passive income. So to start, we have a plan to start spending more time in Miami and we'll be hosting our place to earn some extra money when we're back on the East Coast. 2024 goals and I'll keep you updated. A lot of people don't realize that they might have an Airbnb right under their own noses. I was pretty surprised myself. You can Airbnb your place or spare room even if you're out of town for just a few days or weeks. You could do what I did and work remotely somewhere else and Airbnb your place to fund your trip. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth. Young and profiters, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. With inspiration at our fingertips and powerful tools at our disposal, the possibilities are endless. And when it comes to tools that can truly make your business grow, There's one name that always stands out, Shopify. (coughs) Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the real store with the door stage, and even the did we just hit a million orders stage. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts from blog posts to product descriptions. Not to mention Shopify also is the home of the best converting checkouts in the game, 36% better than other leading commerce platforms. Shopify turns browsers into buyers. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And you can sell whatever, whenever with Shopify. Push pleated pants with Shopify's in-person POS system or monetize mindful meditation. I sell my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass through Shopify and they've made my life a breeze. It took a couple days to set up my store and I just get to focus on what I do best, creating great content and marketing my product. So don't stress if you're new to this commerce thing. Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. 
And remember, whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash profiting to start growing your business today. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's super interesting. So let's move on to thermoregulation. So this is something that Eight Sleep is like super known for busily pioneering is thermoregulation. And I want to understand, first of all, what thermoregulation and thermoneutrality is. It's a great topic. So your, your body temperature changes during the night. So when you hear people say, oh, you should sleep at 68 degrees, that's just false. It's, it's not true. It might be right for an hour during the night, but because your body temperature changes during the night, temperatures should change accordingly. So what we do is we are not reinventing the wheel. We just help your body to change its own temperature during the night to maximize the different sleep stages. And so in the first part of the night, in particular during deep sleep, we try to cool you as much as possible. Right, because there is medical evidence that uh, a cold environment in deep sleep will maximize your deep sleep. While in studying REM, you need what is called thermal neutrality. So you need to be in an um, in an environment that is not cold and is not hot. And the reason is pretty basic: your brain is deactivating certain function of, of the body, right, uh, during REM. One of the functions that it deactivates is temperature control of your body. So if it's too hot or it's too cold the brain will fear that you could die with temperature deactivated, right? The body temperature deactivated. And so it will not let you fall into REM. And so part of what our machine learning models and AI models are trying to achieve is this thermal neutrality. So your brain will feel that uh, your body is in a safe condition and will maximize your REM phase. This really is like the future of sleep. So I run really cold all the time, right? I feel that compared to the average person or my partners when I'm sleeping next to them, I'm always cold and like, you know, they're hot. So how does that work? Like, does everybody have a different body temperature that they need to fall asleep? Like, for example, I love to like always sleep in a sweatshirt and most people would like hate that. Yeah. So 50% of the couples, they have different temperature preferences. So what is happening to you and your partner happens to 50% of the couples. And the reason is, this is another important thing. Um, sleep needs to be personalized. Everyone is different, right? It's different based on age, based on gender, based on metabolism, different factors, right? Uh, for women, it's also different before and after menopause, for example, right? Because in menopause, you, you will have very likely uh, hot flashes. And so that is another problem that we solve. So your partner can sleep in a very cold environment. You can sleep in a warm environment. You don't need to wear your sweatshirt, but you will still feel comfortable and, and cozy. Okay. So something that I want my listeners to really understand is the experience of smart mattresses, because I think that this is really innovative. And I think this is really where the future of sleep is going. So walk us through what it's like to use a smart mattress. What are some of the things that you would do differently when you go to sleep, as opposed to just sleeping on a traditional mattress? So the beauty of these is first, you don't have to change anything. You don't have to change habits, right? Just go to bed as you did last night. The difference is the mattress, the bed, or the cover, right? Because again, we sell a cover that can retrofit your mattress or the whole mattress. But whatever you pick, technology is the same. So you go to bed and the bed is ready for you. 
So there is a temperature setting that you love. doesn't matter if it's cold or warm. It can be anywhere between 55 degrees and 110 degrees. So from really cold to really hot. Then as you fall asleep, the temperature will keep changing during the night to maximize your sleep performance. So you will always feel that the temperature is really comfortable, but at the same time optimized for your sleep. Then before waking up, one of the features we have that people love is a vibration. So we can wake you up with a, a soft vibration. So there is no sound. I always hate sound alarms. You know, they just go off at, at, at the worst time when you're in deep sleep. So this vibration will wake you up gently. And then once you get out of bed, you can see all your stats. And the stats are not only about sleep. Obviously, there is you know, how many hours you slept and percentage of deep and REM. But even more important, there are a lot of stats about your heart rate. And the reason why that is important is uh, um, your heart rate stats are indicative of how much you recover. In particular, HRV, which is heart rate variability, and HR, they are both indicative of how rested you are. So you will have a full picture of how rested you are in the morning that you can combine with how you feel. So how about other nearables? So we're talking about nearable technology right now, which are physical things that are around us, from my understanding, that can help us improve our sleep in this case. So mattress is one thing. Then I could imagine that like lights are another nearable technology that people can work on and even like humidifiers. So can you talk to us about some of the opportunities in the nearable space and maybe some things that you're thinking about at Eight Sleep? Outside what we already do, there are another couple of ways you can improve your sleep. One is by, again, controlling the environment, as you were just saying. So in the near future, you will see us uh, controlling temperature, light, noise, um, humidity, and maybe even other factors that I cannot disclose now. But you will sleep in an, um, in an environment that is fully optimized based on your needs. Again, it's really personalized. And that is one. The other thing that we do, and I didn't mention earlier, we also provide you with insights. So we have data about your day that we can have access to through Apple Health or any other wearable that you wear. And our machine learning and data science model, they will look at uh, when you sleep the best. So I'll give you an example. For example, it might be that if you train in the morning, you get more deep sleep than when you train in the afternoon or in the evening. Or there is plenty of medical evidence that alcohol and caffeine, they have a major impact on your sleep quality. And so we might be able to tell you, look, all the times that you have alcohol, your sleep quality decreases by 20%. And so there is a sort of digital coaching function that uh, we tell you what works well and what doesn't for you to maximize sleep performance. So how does humidity impact our sleep? I know I mentioned this before. I think we've heard a lot about like how light impacts our circadian rhythm and things like that. But something that we haven't talked about on the show yet is humidity and what role that plays. We have sensors for that and we will double down on, uh, on this type of sensors. Um, there are some studies that talk about um, air quality and the impact it has on your sleep. Humidity has an impact. More than anything, it has an impact on your respiration because if it's too dry, then that would impact um, part of your respiration. And the other thing is also would impact your, your skin. Because again, if you go back to, to the first principle that you're spending eight hours there, more or less, right? It could be slightly less. But again, it's like a flight an intercontinental flight. So you know how long that flight is. You're spending that amount of time every single day in this environment. And if this environment is too dry or too humid, it will have a negative impact on sleep quality. 
I love how you keep uh, making the analogy to a flight because it's so true. It's like you, you go to sleep, you enter this whole new world and you need to make sure that you're in a comfortable, like you're in a, it's like being in an airplane for that long. You want to make sure that you're comfortable and that it's efficient. Such a good analogy. So let's talk about sleep positions because this is something that I feel like people don't know what to do. It's like, should we sleep on our side? Should we sleep on our back? Should we sleep on our stomach? What in your opinion is the right way to sleep because it seems like there's so much good and bad with each one. It's really hard to know what you should do or if you should switch it up. Yeah, it's a great question. So there's not one single answer, meaning it's very personal. Then what we have noticed is uh, based on the side, there could be an impact on your sleep quality. And it seems that the reason is connected to digestion. So there are certain positions that help your digestion. So it depends when, you know, how, when you had the last meal. And then there is also a correlation between position and um, respiration, right? So for example, if you have sleep apnea, certain position like being face down is pretty bad for you. There are positions like face up that could help with that. Sometimes you could even sleep incline a little bit. Um, there are also some early studies about actually sleeping inclined. I tried that, so my bed was inclined, the whole bed. And the theory would be that that would help for your toxins to move towards the bottom of the body and towards the feet. But the bottom line is it's really a preference. So, for example, I'm a side sleeper and I keep tossing and turning. I toss and turn a lot, which is not good. And uh, if you have sleep apnea or any problem with respiration, you should try to sleep face up. Something that I've personally struggled with is neck pain. And I feel like as everybody is always looking down at their phones and looking at their computer, I feel like neck pain is something that's really becoming sort of like its own pandemic, especially with people under like 50 years old. I feel like everybody has neck pain that I talk to. So what is your thoughts on that? Is there certain ways that we should sleep to prevent neck pain? Is there certain things that we can do to prevent neck pain when we're sleeping? I mean, I think the best thing you could do if you can, it would be to sleep without a pillow. Without a pillow. Yeah, that would be the optimal. And we also have um, some early data about that. The problem is if you are a person who flips a lot and you sleep on the side, you will need the pillow. So you can sleep without the pillow only if you just sleep face up. But that would be the, the optimum. Otherwise, if you still have, if you need to keep the pillow, then you need to play with the pillow itself and try to see what is the best option. If it's something softer in different materials, if you want foam or if you want gel or latex. I want to talk to all you employers out there and let's talk about company culture. At Yap Media, we have a super unique company culture. We are all obsessed with excellence and we even call ourselves this really cute name, Scrappy Hustlers. We're all Scrappy Hustlers at Yap Media. And my team is growing fast and hiring is a pain in the butt, especially if you're looking for A players that are going to roll up their sleeves. But luckily, when it comes to hiring, I no longer feel overwhelmed by the search for the perfect candidate because I use Indeed, the ultimate hiring platform. Indeed's matching engine always presents me with a pool of high-quality candidates that match my job description to a T. If you're tired of drowning in your hiring pool, Indeed is here to rescue you. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging your candidates, making the entire hiring process a breeze. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I've hired some of my best employees at Indeed, some of my best scrappy hustlers. 
With over 140 million qualifications and preferences analyzed every day, Indeed is constantly learning from your hiring preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets at actually hiring your perfect match. Join the ranks of more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that have already chosen Indeed to hire great talent. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash profiting. Just go to Indeed.com slash profiting right now to support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash profiting. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, I've got a fun fact for you. Did you know that by 2030, over 85% of the jobs that will exist haven't even been invented yet? And that's why we need to acquire new skills and stay relevant and adaptable. By embracing lifelong learning, we can future-proof our careers and our businesses. That's why you've got to check out Economist Education. Economist Education provides online executive education courses tailor-made for professionals just like us, crafted by The Economist's own editors and special experts. Economist Education courses are designed to sharpen your professional skills in key areas like data storytelling, critical thinking, sustainability, and so much more. I highly recommend checking out The Economist Education course, Business Writing and Storytelling. It's packed with valuable practical advice on how to inform and persuade through writing reports, social media, presentations, and beyond. The best part, these courses are online, flexible, and self-paced, lasting anywhere from two to six weeks. You're guided by expert tutors. You'll dive into a mix of videos, podcasts, texts, quizzes, and weekly assignments. Plus, you'll get a three-month digital subscription to The Economist to support your learning journey. Economist Education provides access to online forums where you can network with peers around the globe. In a world where knowledge is power, Economist Education empowers you to lead the way. Economist Education is an incredible way to stay ahead in business. And I've got a special offer to get you started. Get 15% off any course only available by going to my special URL, education.economist.com profiting, and then enter the promo code profiting at registration. This offer ends on March 31st, so don't wait. For 15% off, go now to education.economist.com slash profiting and use code profiting. Again, this ends on March 31st. If you want 15% off, you've got to go to education.economist.com slash profiting and use promo code profiting at registration. Oh my gosh, I'm going to try sleeping on my eight sleep mattress, no pillow and see what happens. Face, so just like face up, no pillow. Okay. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, So we mentioned this before, and I just want to tease it out a little bit. We mentioned about the fact that in the future, it's going to be more about the quality of sleep and not the quantity of sleep. We've been like drilled in our heads that it's, you know, six to eight hours, six to eight hours. Um, But in reality, it could be less if we get deeper, better sleep, right? So I actually came across a study and it's uh, from late October from researchers from the Washington University School of Medicine. They released a study that says the optimal sleep duration might be closer to 4.5 and 6.5 hours every night. I actually had Dave Asprey on the show earlier this week. And he mentioned the same, he mentioned the study in the interview, and he's a proponent for about like six hours. He thinks anything more is actually worse for you. So what is your opinion about how that age old, like six to eight, seven to nine hours of sleep is going to hold up in the next decade? What I think is your body needs a certain, that amount of REM and deep sleep. Everything else is just your body being inefficient 
And so technology can help with that. And so my theory is substantially the amount of deep and RAM that you need is equivalent to around four hours, right? And right now we need eight because there is an extra four hours of inefficiency. And we can try to compress that through technology, uh, different types of technologies. So I think the best shot we have is probably to get into the four hours. I think that would be really perfection. I think if we could just sleep six hours and wake up being fully refreshed without hurting our health, um, our health span, our lifespan, it would be pretty awesome, right? Because for some people, they would gain two hours. Every day, people like me, that they sleep more than six hours. For others, maybe they are already sleeping six hours, but right now they don't feel great when they wake up in the morning and they always feel groggy and tired. At that point, we will just regenerate them. Very, very interesting stuff. So one of my last questions to you as we begin to wrap up this interview is the data that's going to be accumulated from all this information. So as all these new technology products come out, we're going to start to collect data from millions, if not billions of people about their sleep patterns. So what do you think is going to happen in terms of the impact on humanity when we know all of this data about people's sleep? Yeah, things will will change dramatically because I think one of the biggest bottlenecks that um, science and medicine had in the past was it was really hard to track the sleep of people, right? Because you had to go to a sleep clinic, they had to put a polysomnograph, it's feeling invasive, they're not sleeping in your bedroom. So it doesn't really count and it doesn't count much. And so if you look historically, most of the sleep studies were run on somewhere between 20 and 100 people. Now, companies like Eight Sleep, we have several, several thousands of people sleeping on our devices every single night. And so in one night, we collect, I don't know, five, six, seven terabytes of health data about people. And the reason why this will become relevant is because in this way, you can finally start seeing patterns. I don't think we know enough about sleep yet because there was not a volume of data that was big enough. And that is what will completely change, is already changing and will completely change in the next few years. Yeah, I think that's going to be really exciting once we have all this data. I imagine that, you know, especially if people start to also correlate their health problems with their sleep, like if there's a way to kind of map those two things together and start to understand like, oh, well, this person only sleeps five hours and all these different diseases happen to them. And maybe there there's correlations that people can make about your sleep and how it impacts your health and the diseases that you get. The key will be, to first accumulate enough sleep data, then the step two will be to start developing these correlations between your fitness, your nutrition, and your sleep. And based on that, we will be able also to predict the future of your health, right? I think the future for its sleep is not even to detect potential illnesses once they have already occurred, but to be able to come back to you and say, look, based on your you know, your life and your biometrics, if you continue in this direction, you might have a 60% chances to develop this illness in the next three years. And that will be based on patterns because you have already seen customers developing that. So that is how health will really change and will be disrupted, where we will not to wait until when we have a disease to discover that we have it, but to see an increase in probabilities to develop that disease years in advance so you can change your lifestyle and avoid that problem. So 
as we wrap up, I do want to ask you to really think outside the box on this one when it comes to sleep. Where do you see sleep in 20 years? So beyond, like not just with eight sleep, just sleep as a category in 20 years, how do you imagine things will be like, are we going to have chips in our brains that stimulate us to go into REM sleep? Are we going to have chemicals that get released in our body like melatonin when we want to go to sleep? Like, what do you think is going to happen in 20 years? Yeah, I think all those things will happen. I think let's start from the outcome. The outcome will be that you can be able to sleep only six hours and wake up fully refreshed. And second, going to bed will be more valuable than going to your doctor because devices like Eight Sleep will scan your body. Imagine a sort of MRI 3.0. And so every morning you will have the full picture of your health. This will happen mainly contactless. So I don't think you will have to wear anything. Technology is getting there. So you will feel great, a lot of energy, and you will have a full ownership and knowledge of your health. And the last question I ask all my guests is, what is your secret to profiting in life? Probably never giving up. So I just keep going and, and, and that just pushed me forward. And where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do? Yeah, you can go on 8sleep.com, 8 like the number, just in letter, E-I-G-H-T sleep.com. And they're also on the homepage. So you can connect with me on Twitter. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mateo. This was such an awesome conversation. What a great conversation with Mateo. I've had so many amazing interviews on the show about sleep, but this was the first time I had the chance to talk about what's in store for us in the future. Sleep is now an important part of my life, but it really always hasn't been that way. Back when I started Yap, I was working a full-time job, and that left me little time to think about anything else, especially sleep. I would just be working 18 hours a day. I would work out. I would eat dinner. And that left me with like four hours to sleep literally every night. And having that habit led to terrible episodes of insomnia. And even when I tried to get a good night's sleep, maybe I had a big presentation the next day or an interview and I really just wanted to be well rested, I could never fall asleep. I tried everything. I tried melatonin. I tried, you know, reducing my anxiety and meditating and all these different things, but nothing seemed to work. And I was literally driving myself crazy. I even went to my best friend's wedding on no sleep. And back when I was getting my MBA, I pretty much took every exam on no sleep. My insomnia was crazy. But over the recent years, it's been a lot, lot better. And that's because I started to learn as much as I could about sleep. I started to interview all these sleep scientists and psychiatrists and experts. And this is really how my sleep fascination began. So sleep is super important. Now that I get a lot of sleep, I feel so productive. I feel energized. I feel like my mood is better. Not to mention, I feel prettier because I don't have bags under my eyes and I don't feel as tired and I don't feel like I need to wear as much makeup and things like that. And sleep is just such an important part of life. And I hope that everybody really takes time to figure out how to get better sleep because sleep is the foundation of everything. Sleep is a pillar in our lives. We spend one third of our lives sleeping. 
Mateo shared how he went through similar struggles with his sleep, and like me, he dove into research as an attempt to figure out a solution. And from his research, he created the concept of eight sleep. And that is the best way, in my opinion, to start a company, to find a problem that you care about and figure out a solution. So eight sleep really was in response to two main issues that he uncovered. The first is that our bodies don't use sleep efficiently. We spend seven to nine hours resting, but little of that time is really working to our benefit. And he thinks that if we can train our bodies to use less time in sleeping in a more efficient way, then we can actually improve the quality of our sleep without necessarily increasing the time of our sleep. So everyone always touts like seven to eight hours in bed, but if you're not getting deep REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep or deep sleep, then you're really not getting great sleep at all. And those are the two stages that regenerate our brain and body after a long day. And like Mateo said, the other stages are really just there to get us into deep sleep and they don't really matter as much. So deep sleep, REM sleep is what we really want. And that's what really gives us the rejuvenation that we need with our sleep. So companies like 8sleep use methods like thermoregulation to help us achieve that efficient sleep. You can literally set up the temperature of your bed that makes you feel cozy enough to fall asleep. And then the bed will auto adjust throughout the night to make sure you don't get too hot or too cold. So some of us run cold, some of us run hot. I run super cold, I'm always freezing in bed. So I would set my temperature probably higher than normal. And this bed actually, I have the bed, so I know there's actually dual zones. So I set my temperature, a different temperature than my partner sets on his side of the bed. So you can set dual temperatures and it just helps you stay asleep for longer. I know a lot of people can relate to this. Sometimes if I'm not in that bed, I'll wake up super hot. Like if there's like a really heavy comforter or if the sheets are not breathable, I'll wake up so hot and feel like I can't sleep because I'm just way too hot. And that happens way too often. So if you're one of those people, you might want to think about figuring out how you can regulate the temperature in your room, how you can get more breathable sheets, how you can upgrade your sleep gear with something like eight sleep so that you don't wake up hot in the middle of the night because we know now that you cannot get deep sleep if you feel too hot. And that is a great hack that I think many people don't know about. The second issue that Mateo wanted to fix was the lack of detailed information available to us about our sleep cycles. In the past, there was gadgets like smartwatches called wearables, but unfortunately, they didn't provide enough information. So he took it to the next level and he created an app that can track sleep stages, sleep time, toss and turns, and so much more. I don't know about you guys, but I am super excited about the future of sleep. I'm excited to potentially live in a world where we only need four to six hours of sleep to be fully rested and healthy. Imagine living in a world where we get three or four extra hours added to our day and how much more productive and fun of a life that could be. And given where everything is going, I think we all could use extra hours in our day. If you're interested in more information about sleep, make sure you tune back in this Friday on Young and Profiting Podcast because we are doing a special Yap Snacks episode on sleep. 
We're going to uncover the best hacks and tricks from all the different experts that we've had on the show on the topic. And it's going to be an episode that you do not want to miss. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. You guys can find me on social media, on LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha or Instagram at Yap with Hala. Big thanks to my wonderful Yap team. This is Hala signing off.